You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is episode 441, Pray Without Ceasing, Part 3. So we've been talking about ways that we can really do what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing, or what Jesus encourages to do in Luke 18.1. He said, uh, he, said it, he told them this parable to encourage them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray and not give up. Pray without ceasing. How do we do that? And so in that first episode, uh, part one, we talked about creating a, a lifestyle of prayer. Starting with a specific time. Learning to embrace silence and then creating moments throughout the day. And then in part two, last week, we talked about uh, the importance and the power of praying in the Spirit. Developing that spiritual gift of, of praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Um, Paul had so much to say about this. Uh, Jude, that little letter right before Revelation, talks about this. Build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And, and we talked, we gave a number of scriptures uh, that Paul gave also about the importance of praying in the Spirit and building up our spirit. And this is a great way to learn how to pray without ceasing. Paul said, I'll pray with my mind, but I'll also pray with my spirit. This is a great way to learn to um, uh, create this lifestyle of prayer when we can pray in the spirit silently, no, don't be weird, uh, but throughout the day. And then in this episode, I want to give us some, some practical tips on how to jumpstart our prayer life. And I just want to say again, I think I've said it in each episode, these are not things that I've attained or anything that I consider myself any kind of an expert on. It's just things that I'm learning. I've got so many more questions about prayer than I do answers, but but I, but I really want to develop this lifestyle of prayer. I want to create this, this ability to pray without ceasing. I want to uh, follow God's Word, as I know you do, do as well. And so I'm learning. I'm on the path uh, with you, but... Um, you know, there's a few thoughts that might help you, because they've helped me, in uh, jump-starting your prayer life. For many of us, we don't even know where to start. Um, you might have been a Christian for a while. Maybe you read your Bible, but that whole thing of prayer can be very, very difficult. So, so where do you start in even creating this lifestyle of prayer? Well, first of all, I want to talk about praying the Scripture, praying Scripture. Um, the Psalms. The Psalms are a wonderful place to start. The Psalms are written, uh, many of them, I'd say almost the majority of them are prayers that were meant to be sung, whether they were written by David or one of the other psalmists. They started as prayers 
that were meant to be part of the hymnal or part of their worship song list. And they cover the range of emotions, every gamut of emotions, from anger to joy to uh, anxiety and depression to um, expressing their trust in God. Um, just amazing uh, words that we can take and use as our own prayers. Listen, here's a few from, from Psalm 119. This is uh, verse 36 and following. Give me an eagerness for your laws, Lord, rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. Help me abandon my shameful ways for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. What a great way to jumpstart our prayer time in the morning, praying through the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm 139, listen to what David said at the end of that beautiful psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I mean, I, I pray this prayer often. I wonder what our lives would look like if we could take these prayers, this prayer of introspection, of, of asking the Holy Spirit to convict us of those things that displease Him and uh, become sensitive to the Holy Spirit and speaking to us and convicting us of things in our lives. Um, I think this, again, just is another beautiful prayer. And then we move into the New Testament. We move into the New Testament. I mean, Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Again, this is one I pray almost every day. And you say, well, doesn't that get old? You know, and I think that's the, the sad thing. This is the prayer Jesus told us to pray like this. Maybe not these exact words. Maybe it's a model, but still... He said, when you pray, pray like this. And I think, uh, sadly, in some churches, it, it, it's, it's become rote where we, we just you know say it all the time and it doesn't mean anything. Or it's even used as punishment. Oh, you've sinned? Okay, we'll say 50 um, Our Fathers and you know, 50 Hail Marys and do something nice for somebody and you'll be forgiven. And I think it's sad that we want to use it as punishment. But this is what, again, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And so I think there's real meaning and still significance in praying this beautiful prayer. And also, you know, we look at the Apostle Paul and, and the prayers he wrote. I mean, he, he was not able to be with all the churches all the time, and travel was very difficult. So he would, he would write to them. He would uh, write a letter to them. And part of his letters were him praying for them. Um, he said, this is in Ephesians 1, ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you and I pray for you constantly, 
asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I mean, what again, what a powerful prayer that we can take and make our own. So I encourage you, if, if prayer is, is something new for you, you don't have to do it by yourself. God's given us a word. He's given us his word, the scripture, that is full uh, of, of examples that we can take and incorporate into our own life. And I promise when you do that, it's going to enrich your prayer life so Don't go away. We'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. I had somebody reach out to me this past week. They sent me an email and were just um, expressing gratitude for this book and how it has helped them in their own personal study of the New Testament. Uh, the chapters are short. It's, it's actually written about 12 of the lesser known characters in the New Testament. People that you've heard of, some that you probably haven't, but every uh, every story, if you flip through your phone and you look at your pictures, every story, every picture has a story. Every snapshot has a memory. And when we read the New Testament and we, we see these people there that uh, maybe we don't know that much about, there's still a story to be told. And so New Testament Snapshots looks at 12 of these lesser-known characters and, and pulls the information that we do have. And I think you'll be amazed at how much is actually there uh, when we just kind of dig a little deeper than just looking at them on the surface. So check out New Testament Snapshots. Click on the link. You can read the first chapter or so for free. And then by all means, click to get your copy of an ebook or uh, the paperback version, your choice. Well, all right. We're talking about jump-starting our prayer life. We talked uh, just a minute ago about praying Scripture, the Psalms, uh, the prayer prayer that Jesus gave us, the Lord's Prayer, praying through Paul's letters, um, even prayers in Revelation. You know, when you read the first few chapters of Revelation, what are the angels saying in heaven? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that they, they actually are praying there. So again, these are things that we can take and use in our own prayer time. And I think it's just going to make it so meaningful for you. But also, I want to talk about um, uh, one other thing today. I want to talk about our prayer list. What does your list look like? Do you have a formal list? Do you have one on your phone? Do you have one on a piece of paper? Um, you know, a lot of people keep a prayer list in their Bible of things they're praying for, people they're praying for. Now, what I've found in my life, this is probably not you, but for me, what I find is my list is often very, very selfish. I'm praying for things for me uh, me, 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 sometimes for my family, but but I can be very selfish in my prayers. And I think um, even having a list um, is a good thing. I'm going to talk about that. But I think our list needs to be bigger than just us. Who are we praying for? Who are we praying for to, to accept Jesus? Um, I'm sure you've got family members in your life who need Jesus. Um, are you praying for them regularly? People you work with? 
maybe your neighbors, people that you're you're connected with that need Jesus. Are you praying for them to come to know Jesus? Maybe there's people in your lives that need uh, in, in your life that needs healing. Are you praying for them, um, for people to, to to be healed? So what does that look like in your prayer list? I encourage you to have a list of some sort or the other. Um, one of the things I do, maybe a couple of times a week, a few times a week, just depends, is I pray through my phone list of contacts. Um, the way I look at it, if you've made it into my phone, uh, you're, you're, you, we've got some kind of a relationship. Um, that's not always the truth, but most of the people in my phone I know. And so I'll go through a few of those names and pray for them. Um, I encourage you to do this. This is a great way to pray for people that maybe you don't see every day, maybe people that you've lost contact with. But as you pray for them, who knows what the Holy Spirit is doing in their life and uh, even bringing your prayers into line with what God wants to do for them. Um, so what does that look like? Um, I'll open up my phone list and I'll pray, start praying through the A's. And I'll go, like I say, maybe five, ten names. And then I'll make a little note uh, where I stopped. And then when I pick back up next time, I'll pick back up where I'd stopped and continue going. Um, what I also find is this encourages me to reach out to some of those folks. I don't reach out to every single one of them. But as I'm praying through my phone contacts, I might feel a little nudge of the Holy Spirit to send um, somebody on that list that I've just prayed for a little text of encouragement. Uh, maybe call them. I'm, I'm usually up early in the morning, so I'm not going to call them that early. But I'll typically, if there's somebody that I'm praying for um, and I'll feel a little nudge, I'll, I'll just send them a little text and say, Hey, just letting you know I prayed for you this morning. I hope everything's good. Have a great day. And, you know, it's always fascinating that not every time, but there are so many times in my life I've gotten messages back later, uh, maybe even that same day, where they say, you have no idea what I was going through. And that text that you sent me that said you prayed for me that morning meant the world to me. And so I think this is part of what being an intercessor is, part of developing this this lifestyle of prayer, praying for other people, not just for ourselves. Um, and, and I think that's part of what this is. When we're praying through your phone list, and don't get me wrong, I, I got a lot of people in my phone. It takes me a long time to pray through that entire list. But like I say, I'll go 10 or 15 names, if that, and uh, leave a note to where I stopped and pick right back up the next time, and eventually I'll make it all the way through there. Um, but this is a great way to become an intercessor, praying for other people. Um, I don't spend, you know, 20 minutes praying for each name, um, but, you know, I'll take take a couple of minutes and pray for them and ask God to work in their lives, especially if I know a little something about what's going on with them. So by all means, do this. This is a great way to become an intercessor. Um, what else does your prayer list look like? What about praying for Christians around the world? I think it's very easy to get caught up in our own little world and our own little frame of reference and forget that we're part of the, the kingdom of God with that physical manifestation of the church, which is all around the world. So how do you do that? How do you pray um, for Christians around the world? I, I, I'm fortunate. I belong to a group of churches 
where we've got around 600 churches around the world. And I know through conferences and other things, I've met some of these pastors in other places in the world and uh, even ministry my wife and I have done. And we've had the opportunity. So, so it means something to me to pray for people in other parts of the world. But one of the things I do, again, once or twice a week is I'll get out a map on my tablet. I'll open up a map of the world and maybe pray for a region. Maybe pray for Asia. Pray for the church in Asia. What's going on there? Um, there's persecution, obviously, in China. Um, I just got back from a three-week trip in India. There's persecution taking place there. Um, praying for the church in these areas. And if you know any Christians from those regions, you're praying for them. From Africa. You know, I, I get to go to Africa maybe once or twice a year. And, um, so I, I know people there in different parts of the country, and I've visited other places. And so there's there's a bit of a relationship, but again, we can all do this. We can pray for the church in different parts of the world. Um, and then locally, praying for churches in your city, not just your church, but praying for other churches as well, that God would bless them and increase them. But I find that praying with a map in front of me gives me something to focus on. Not just saying, God bless your people around the world, but specifically praying for churches in uh, Russia, praying specifically for churches in South America, or even even more specifically for, for Brazil or for Chile or Argentina or, or Venezuela, where, wherever you are, whatever you're praying for, get specific. And I, I just I always wonder when we get to heaven what it's going to look like when we look back and see the results of our intercession. Um, I, I really think there's going to be something significant that God has used his people to do um, through their prayers. Another option for you is pray through your church directory. Um, do you have a church directory? Um, or maybe get online and look at, at, a, at a membership uh, list of your church if you have that. Um, and if you don't, praying for just your pastors and people that you know in your church. I mean, if, if you're a part of that church, these are people that you're connected with, that you're in ministry with, that you're in fellowship with, that you're in community and relationship. Praying for your pastors is so incredibly important. Praying for the other leaders in your church is so incredibly important. Praying for the, the worship leader and the youth leaders and the children's leaders and asking God to raise up more leaders and more volunteers to help is such a powerful thing. Do you pray for your church? Do you pray for your pastors? This is absolutely essential. So I want to stop here. I, I think I've, I've given myself a lot of things to think about. I'm challenged even by some of this. Um, and I hope I've given you some things to challenge you and to think about as well. Um, the first one today we talked about the power of praying Scripture really letting Scripture become an important part of your prayer life. And then also asking ourselves the question, what are you praying for? What does your prayer list look like? Um, is it written? Is it digital? Is it just in your head? If it's just in your head, I encourage you to get it out somewhere, um, whether it's on a tablet or your phone or whatever. But have a prayer list. And uh, if you don't have one, work through your phone contacts. Pray over a map of the world. Pray for people in your church. Pray, obviously, for family. That, that goes without saying. But I think most of us do pretty good, a pretty good job of that. I want to take us beyond just praying for our own 
little circle and let's expand it and let our prayers go beyond us, beyond our family. Pray for your church. Pray for the churches in your city. Pray for the churches in your state and in your country. And then pray for the churches around the world. Well, I'd love to hear from you, especially if this has been helpful. I'd love to hear that. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, sign up to get my free newsletter. Just drop your email address in that little box at the top. Uh, all my resources are listed there, especially all my books. Um, some great, great resources for Christmas. If you just have that person that's always hard to buy for, man, give them a book. Look, look at my resource list. There's some great books there, fiction and nonfiction. So check them out. I know that they will love it. Everyone on your list would love a book from me. And if you live local, if you live in the Atlanta area, I'd love to meet you and give you a signed copy. If you just want to order a copy, I'd be happy to meet and sign it for you. So anyway, well, that's that's it for now. I'm going to sign off and look forward to seeing you next week on Leading and